So, Roby, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, pleasure to be here and uh, looking forward for our discussion. Awesome. Yeah, so maybe could you start by introducing yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure. So my name is Roy Metres, uh, based out of uh, London, UK. Uh, my role is the GM of EMEA uh, at Tulip and head of AI. So I'm responsible for the AI practice at Tulip. Um, prior to uh, Tulip, uh, I had my own company for uh, several years. So coming from entrepreneurial background. And prior to that, I did a PhD in computer vision. So Roughly, I'm dealing with AI for around 10 years. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to having a really interesting conversation with you. Um, so uh, maybe let's start by um, uh, talking about Tulip the ecosystem. For those in the audience who are not familiar with Tulip at all, can you give us like an introduction, what it is and how it works? Yeah, sure. So um, Tulip is headquartered in Boston. It's a global company. Uh, we are around for about nine years, and Tulip have built the frontline operation platform. So basically, it's a platform that is based on the no-code ideas to go and build applications and solutions for the manufacturing environment, for the shop floor, um, with ideas such as citizen developer and the next generation of MES uh, with uh, composability of uh, applications uh, into the shop floor. So, you know, the Tulip environment is a real platform uh, that help companies and customers and engineers to go and practice uh, maybe Industry 4.0 or digital transformation. Um, it's much more than just an MES, but it can replace an MES as well. Connectivity is a big part of that. Human-centric is a big part of, of that. Um, and, you know, it's actually quite hard to really explain all the things that you can do with Tulip in a few sentences, but hopefully we can uh, elaborate more through the conversation today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe let's uh, kind of like start by... Um creating this this uh, 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 distinction between uh, the composable app-based solutions uh, versus like uh, what traditionally we're used to, the monolithic MES. So maybe can you kind of like give us a, a comparison of the two uh, approaches, um, highlighting like how they enable digital transformation? Yeah, you know, on a nutshell, it's this, uh, question between are you looking at the process, at the entire process, try to plan uh, IT solution from head to toe, build it, take you a year or two to build it with classical tools. Um, then you suddenly throw uh, all of it to production and change the entire uh, thing. Usually it's a you know three-year project, classic MES, process-focused, uh, very rigid, hard to integrate and implement, uh, slow. Um, and what Tulip is bringing is exactly the opposite. Quick time to value, go build an app, solve solution after solution, 
you want work instruction here, you want work instruction there, you want quality, you want shipment, you want kitting. You can solve many different problems. Each one of them can enjoy a connected app. You can connect to people, connect to machines, connect to data, connect to device, connect to systems. Integration and, and, and connecting into other systems, machine devices became become very simple. Um, and the time to value is much shorter. Um, and, and we really believe that that's the next generation of continuous improvement, right? How you practice lean, how you improve yourself, what is digital transformation? Um, and, you know, in the heart of that is the citizen developer approach. Instead of, you know, huge IT project, you give the power to the people in operation, to engineers, to the manufacturing um, uh, leadership to go and build solution. And suddenly they don't need, you know, a software developer to go and can you change the button here and this form and this table? They have the power to do that themselves. Um, and uh, when that is really connected and the companies are building that muscle, amazing things happen because suddenly you have the people that understand their shop floor best with the tools to go and build solution that uh, for problem that they identify in a quick time. Um, and that unleash amazing creativity. Awesome. Yeah, so you kind of like talk about building apps, integrating data and all that kind of stuff. Who yeah. who who ideally is like um, the end user in the in the manufacturing context for 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 for, for Tulip? Yeah. So usually at Tulip we think about three three individuals or three personas. And and that will come uh, again you will see that when we will uh, touch AI you will see the same idea but Let's start with the engineer. So the engineer, the manufacturing engineer, the process engineer that is responsible for how to how we can improve his shop floor, uh, what should be done from digital transformation and process point of view. He has Tulip as his toolbox. Um, so the Tulip platform is built really for these type of people uh, that care about continuous improvement. And it's a tool for them to go and build these solutions and improve their shop flow. Um, so instead of identify problems and ask for someone to solve them or search for external solutions, they suddenly have Tulip as a platform where they can go and build solutions. So this is really the you know citizen developer mentality. If um, you know designers have uh, uh, Figma. And, um, you know, finance people have a NetSuite or even a spreadsheet or Excel. Um, Tulip is for the process engineer, for the manufacturing engine. The second persona, which is really the core of Tulip, is the worker, is the, the actual uh, operator that is using these Tulip applications. They enjoy it the most because their work is more effective, more efficient. They get best of the best tools that are customized for them. And it's really about augmenting these people, making their life easier, smarter, better uh, in their work instead of using paper-based, instead of using legacy old type of system. So Tulip is bringing into the shop floor best UX UI, right? 
And we're really coming from the mindset of what is the simplest, most intuitive UX UI for these workers. Because this is how you, you know, improve improve the shop flow. Solve bit after bit after bit and continuously improving the, uh, the manufacturing. And the sub-persona is the manager, the leaders that have uh, tried to understand what's going on in the shop floor, how they can improve. So to provide them analytics, provide them the ability to take decisions based on data. So, you know, data is obviously a key component when you connect to people, connect to humans, connect to the processes, connect to other systems. Suddenly you have full traceability. Uh, it's like open the eyes for these uh, shop floor managers in what they can actually achieve with, with data. So the engineer, the worker, and the manager, not necessarily in this order, but all of them can enjoy uh, Tulip. Awesome. Yeah, maybe let's uh, kind of like jump into um, AI, which is the subject of, of, of the day. So computer vision is, is, is a technology that is at, at the core of the Tulip uh, ecosystem. And uh, I would uh, imagine that yourself as the head of AI, you are at the forefront of this. So I would like to begin by getting your take on how you see computer vision impacting the way uh, frontline operations are being carried out. Yeah, definitely. So let me just define one term that you mentioned, which is the Tulip ecosystem. So, you know, at Tulip, we really believe in, in our ecosystem. We believe that the tech stack of today's manufacturing environment is not one system or one platform or one MES or one vendor. It composed of many different vendors. And at Tulip, we're trying to build a platform that could be the glue of this uh, corpus. And we're really opening up the connectivity to other systems, to other partners, to other vendors. Uh, from classical ERPs and other MES systems and tech vendors with point solution. Um, and, um, you know, we have a peak of that ecosystem coming soon. So our yearly event operation calling that is actually taking place next week on, on September 12th, we are going to host more than 20 different tech vendors that are integrated into Tulip. Um, and you can saw, you can find examples and applications that show this integration on the Tulip library, which is like an app store of Tulip. So we really try to build this ecosystem and combine with many of them. As part of that, of course, we also have AI vendors that are presenting and data vendors um, uh, like uh, HiveMQ, for example, um, that are presenting with us. So it's it's quite exciting. Um, and then. So you know that's you touched the ecosystem. So just yes. wanted to, to you know to mention and 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 say what what the idea here. Now when it comes to AI, so AI is is, is not something that is new in Tulip, and Tulip is actually you know I mentioned the term toolbox. I really think about it as a platform that is wide, and it composed of many many tools for these process engineers, mechanical engineers that are trying to improve their shop flow, um, and in the same way that they have connectivity layer to devices and connectivity layers to systems and MQTT and UPC, UPC, uh, OPC UA, etc., cetera, uh, and APIs, they also have computer vision capabilities and building apps capabilities and connecting cameras. And 
you know, different tools. So when it comes to computer vision, uh, truly bring uh, uh, nice features into the world. I think try to also democratize the same way that you are democratizing software. We're trying to democratize computer vision. So you can connect a camera, you can uh, record images and videos, you can uh, then use these images and video stream to do more sophisticated applications um, um, with several capabilities such as OCR, object recognition, extract text. Um, we have um, the ability to deploy custom models to the edge, classification of images, object detection from images, which is applicable to many, many different things. Um, we used uh, jig detection and color detection and different type of detectors that can be applied on the images uh, in order to go and build different solutions. Uh, inspection, quality inspection is one example. Um, batch verification with OCR, collecting data from documents into Tulip, uh, etc. Uh, so I think that you know, computer vision is around for at least ten years. Um, it's being into all stages of the hype cycle, and I think definitely um, it's everywhere today. Um, um, not only in inspection, and not only in these very expensive cameras. Um, you can do amazing things today with basic webcams, um, and, and that's what we're trying to bring to, to the shop floor. Awesome. It's, it's, it's really fascinating, like, what, what that computer vision is, is sort of, like, bringing to the shop floor. I mean, all those um, uh, aspects that you spoke about, uh, inspection, these are, are things that normally are done using, like, the operators using the naked eye, just just using their best judgment and having like um, a, a system, a computer vision system that is capable of kind of like taking care of that and really um, automating all of that process. It, it so sounds like something that is very uh, impactful in, in manufacturing and something that is really unprecedented. So it's, it's yeah. really interesting to see where uh, that goes. Like you said, it's only been around for 10 years. We'll talk about more about what you see as being the future of, of, uh, computer vision or AI in general in manufacturing, but that's just uh, something that is um, uh, fascinating. So maybe still on the topic of computer vision. Um, so normally when we talk about collecting data for AI or advanced analytics, we often refer to data from things like maybe say a vibration sensor or, or pressure sensor, which are, are, are things that are not necessarily visual. And yet there's a lot of information in the, um, uh, industrial equipment that is um, like in your words, pixel locked, right? That information that is locked in different systems, is, it is only available through that visual medium. So you talk about um, being able to collect that kind of information also for advanced analytics. Can you talk to us about the value of being able to do that? Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the basic idea is connectivity, right? You want that systems will share information between them um, and system in the you know in the general uh, definition as uh, most general definition as you can think of uh, from the machines through the workers through the people through uh, the you know digital systems um, 
you want this data to flow around and you know IT architecture is something that we see companies thinking about um you know if you visit uh, Hanover Messe uh, back in April you probably seen reference architecture of complex environments everywhere uh, from um, the you know AWS or Microsoft boost that are obviously thinking about that a lot but in in many areas uh, we see that back and forth and of course there are protocols uh, that are leading that from API as one of the most uh, significant um, uh, connector that we have built in within Tulip but also uh, OPC UA and MQTT, which is something that we're working uh, a lot recently, and we already have uh, live with some with some early customers, um, and 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 you know that's part of uh, of also working with third parties that are offering uh, um, MQTT brokers, etc. Um, and you know, lots of this data can be stored in Tulip, analyzed in Tulip, uh, and then you have really end-to-end -end, uh, traceability of what's happening from the machines through the workers, uh, etc. Uh, and of course, you know, the ideal situation that Tulip has the opportunity to offer, uh, and, you know, we, we can talk about that more, is how you use clean data and not very messy data that um uh, come on a high bait high bit rate and um it's very hard to to crunch um and and i think frankly connecting the human factor in the shop flow is something with huge potential yeah maybe let's kind of like uh, dive a little bit into the idea of clean data like what, what like to you kind of like characterizes clean data for computer vision or AI, uh, AI functionality to be uh, uh, fully implemented? Yeah, you know, there is lot, lots of data collecting within Tulip as, as events uh, from the computer vision bit through cameras that stored images for compliance reason, reasoning from for regulation, for web one customer, for example, that's, uh, is manufacturing um, high volume, high customized products. And um, before they're sending the product into the, um, the end customer, they take an image and send that to the customer that he knows what's coming. Um, and that reduce shipment errors and complaints to almost uh, zero. Right. So you can start with simple things like that, just collecting clean images of what's leaving the shop floor. Then, of course, you know, you can do uh, inspection in different stages, end of the line, in the line, then you can really improve your quality. So, you know, that's all the computer vision. We can do uh, uh, material flow and, and uh, OCR for different things. Then you have data comes from machines and sensors. You mentioned vibration sensor, for example. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, we see the uh, different kitting. Um, we have the machine kit that is coming out to the market soon, um, um, next month. Uh, and the idea is really to be able to connect to machines in the most simplest way and have the data stored within Tulip. Um, 
And maybe the last and most important type of data that I think is being stored with Tulip is the data that comes from uh, from people. So think about you know walk instruction, which is one of the most common use cases in Tulip, digital walk instruction, where people uh, take an order from the ERP and they start to build it. Uh, and it may be, you know, build to order type of environment. And you can know exactly what is the bomb and what part was there and combine a barcode scanner. And suddenly you have so much data that's coming into the system from the human. Uh, if there was a defect that was logged, uh, how much time it took. Um, you can measure cycle time. You can then do line balancing. You can... Um, know what uh, bomb is in each uh, product and have full traceability on what's happening. Now imagine building analytics on top of these data layers. It's a very powerful tool. Um, um, and, and, you know, I think sitting in the middle of all these uh, 10 billion events a year uh, coming out of our uh, customers is 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 very interesting uh, uh, period of time, where data is shaping uh, the next uh, layer of of manufacturing, and you know we we talked a lot about AI when we met, and uh, maybe that's the next topic, is how to utilize that data for different AI uh, solutions. So maybe kind of like before we go into. Um... Uh, how to 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 utilize um, uh, data for different AI solutions uh, for the benefits of maybe AI engineers or data scientists uh, uh, on the audience. Uh, I would like to kind of like get a sense of the workflow on the uh, Tulip ecosystem as far as handling this data. Like, do you, do do you have tools that allow you to train the models? The deployment is it? Do you do the training out, outside and then deploy? How 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 does it work? Uh, can yeah. you talk about the workflow? So it's it depends, you know, Tulip is not a platform for the data scientist, right? So training is not something that we're offering within a platform. We are most focusing on building solution for the shop floor, right? And that could, in, could be from integrating with cell parties. For example, when it comes to training a image classification uh, model, you can use uh, AWS service, you can use uh, Microsoft Azure service, you can use third parties such as Lending AI. Uh, and, and there are many, many options that you can do that are integrated into Tulip and will end up with very sophisticated solution that you can then use in an app. You know, and, and Tulip bring into the attack ecosystem, maybe, um, you know, two very important factors. One is the end applications, how to really consume these AI solutions. What is the UX UI of that when it comes to the actual operator and the worker at the end? And the second part is the connectivity to the data and the cameras and the systems and the workers. Um, and then you're building an application, you can you know, add to these applications lots of different components. It can be computer vision, it can be um, uh, generative AI, it can be um, different capabilities that are coming to that. Machine monitoring, sensoric data, etc. cetera. And, and you can do uh, amazing things. Then from deployment point of view, 
uh, it really depends. So we have edge deployment for uh, some of the computer vision models. We have many built-in capabilities such as OCR, for example, uh, or translation or speech to text that is coming soon that are falling under the AI bucket. Um, and then you can use these capabilities in a trigger function, in a trigger mode. So, um, you know, maybe I'm diving too deep here into the product, but, um, you know, triggers is the idea of um, if-then functionality that is the core of the, um, of building an app. If-then, uh, then that, right? That's the basic idea of building logic. Um, and you can use different triggers uh, or events to catch uh, what is happening with data. Um, we recently also, you know, moving from app-driven into also automation. So, um, and I think automation could be a really interesting combination with the MQTT bit uh, because suddenly you have all the data coming from different areas. Um, you know, if 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 a, if a customer adopted MQTT as you know the main protocol of choice uh, to interface between the systems um, and Tulip, obviously, um, so you can then uh, combine that and have automation layer on top of that. If something happened that you see in the data, then do that uh, type of functionality, which I think is super interesting. Um, and that's something that we will probably, you know, start to expose uh, towards the, the end of the year. Um, and, and I think it will be super interesting to see how, you know, exposing these type of protocols uh, to customers will uh, increase their capability to build even more sophisticated things. Um, so, you know, that's, that's uh, lots, of, lots of promise around that. Oh, yeah. I mean, something that I want to kind of like uh, also uh, get your sense um, on is the talking about automation combined with connectivity technologies like MQTT. Yeah. How much of um, of automation is requires like real time uh, data? What is the kind of like uh, uh, demands around uh, your, your 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 automation systems being able to 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 actually um, uh, loop back in real time and how does really that affect the the choice of the uh, connectivity communication protocol that you use? Yeah, we see many customers doing different things. So there are many options there and it really depends what is the protocol that they choose, how they connect, to what they connect. We have many customers that, you know, are focusing more of the, you know, discrete assembly um uh, area of the business and then you know the volume is not crazily high and the speed is not that high um on the other hand you know of course we have uh, cnc or injection molding um machine monitoring um so more of the shop floor or the machine floor machine shop that we're monitoring um, and then we can collect data from sensors or directly from the machines with, with MQTT or OPC UA. Uh, and then um, that, that data can come into Tulip as well. And the idea of, of automation, which is you know, a new component that we launched uh, quite recently, is how to take actions out of that data, right? Uh, for example, alerting, yeah? Um, 
when the machine needs 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 attention or the human needs attention, uh, the data can be streamed uh, and combined with with automation. Um, and you know, I think exposing these MQTT endpoints uh, to write and read um, from you know across different different uh, system, I think open up lots of potential and it will be super interesting. Um, and and I think it, you know it's a it's a natural native uh, next step for for the Tulip platform from connectivity standpoint. Uh, and yeah, that's that's why we're investing in that. Awesome. Now let's talk about um, frontline co-pilot, which uh, by the way I found really uh, fascinating. So Tulip recently introduced what is called a frontline co-pilot. Can you describe for us what that is and why it matters for manufacturing? Yeah, so let's let's speak about the uh, you know uh, the the history of what happened in the last year. Um, you know, ChatGPT was introduced to the world in November. That's less than a year ago. Uh, we you know I mentioned already that AI was not something new for Tulip. We saw the potential of generative AI to um, really um, transform the platform or improve the platform or empower the people uh, with new tools. Uh, so, you know, we jumped into uh, coding and uh, started building uh, generative AI ideas straight into Tulip. So, you know, um, around a month ago, uh, we introduced a frontline co-pilot, but actually, you know, if you go back, even in April, we already showed to the world demos and applications and connectors that are utilizing AI and generative AI uh, native within Tulip. Uh, but since then, we really wrapped that as something that we now call the frontline co-pilot, and we even trend trademark it. Uh, and you know, on a nutshell, it's a set of AI tools uh, for things like answering questions, exploring data, uh, creating your own uh, assistant, uh, improving uh, low-code generation of components, uh, and many other things. So you know, there are lots of things that are coming, and we're really trying to think about the frontline copilot as a assistant that is building within the platform and is going to visit many different areas within the platform, from data and analytics, through creating applications, through um, helping the operator. Um, as I mentioned, you know, in the beginning, there are three layers, three personas to Tulip. I think we are thinking of Copilot in the same play, in the same way. How can we use AI or generative AI tools and capabilities to help these three personas? from the workers that we can assist with uh, AI messenger, for example, that can classify text and uh, alert to the right uh, department or to services team, um, technician uh, at the, at the, in, the, in the field to have better ideas of how to fix an error. Um, and then to the engineer to go and build more sophisticated helping build uh, applications, helping build uh, applications faster, easier, uh, and obviously to the shop floor manager and people that consume data 
to do advanced analytics, to speak with their factory in a natural language way. Um, so huge potential there. And we're really excited about the frontline co-pilot. Uh, next week, as part of our uh, yearly event, Operation Calling, that I mentioned before, we're going to have a two-hour session about AI. Uh, some of it is going to be live uh, uh, virtually as well, if, if you want to visit operationcalling.com and see the agenda. It's free. Uh, and you know people are invited to, to watch. Um, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of things and uh, we're going to ship lots of different features in the coming uh, uh, coming weeks. Um, already available in the beta program for our customers and super exciting. Awesome. That sounds really, really exciting. Yeah, we'll also provide a link on the description here uh, for operations calling for all those who want to uh, register for the event. So, um, Diving a bit deeper into kind of like um uh, uh, uh co-pilot. So I, I read an article where kind of like you're talking about uh, the, the ability to use AI trigger actions to to enable operators to interact with co-pilot using natural language. Uh, so I, I want to kind of like get a sense of the importance. How how significant is that? What are kind of like the use cases that you can talk about in that regard? Yeah, you know it's it's new so it's new for the customers it's new features so you know we will see what customers will build but the traction already is quite quite impressive and we see lots of creative solutions that are utilizing these capabilities you know i mentioned triggers before so um, triggers is, is the this component within tulip that um, um, is responsible for the logic behind the, the, the application. Uh, so as part of the frontline co-pilot, we introduced uh, AI trigger actions that are based on natural language processing, basically, um, and enable the operator or the engineer to prompt text into Tulip, and things are happening out of that text. Uh, for example, questioning and, and, and question answering mechanism on documents and PDFs. Uh, for example, finding references in documents, uh, translation of text, um, speech to text that is coming soon, uh, analytics, uh, or you know, talk to your data, talk to your uh, uh, to your um, um, Tulip instance. That is is things that we're working on, and um, I think these capabilities are really opening up uh, lots of uh, use cases. So, you know, just to be more concrete, let's take one example, very simple one, the AI Messenger, that probably was the first uh, application that we have launched with AI capabilities. Um, every operator now have a text box that he can write messages um, and increase communication. And then we're using, um, AI functionality to classify that text into um, different topics. And you suddenly know when you have maintenance call, where you need a supervisor to come, where uh, you have, um, you know, repetitive uh, um, um, uh, issues. You know, you can practice uh, uh, one error, two errors, third error, stop the line. Um, in a streamlined way. 
Um, you can uh, combine automation with that and, and send alerts if something is happening. So I think, you know, suddenly you, you have this uh, data that is being stored very easily and you can collect statistics. Um, then, um, you know, how to use documents. So I think, you know, Showflow is, is an environment that is rich with documents, PDFs, definitely. Could be product manuals, could be work instruction, could be uh, different uh, uh, SOPs, standard operation uh, procedures that you can, you need to suddenly to, to use. How do you use them more effectively, easier? You can ask questions on top, of the, on top of these documents. These documents could be tens of pages with hundreds of steps. You know, yeah. search is really fine with this question answering and finding reference. Re reference. Uh, so I think that's that's huge, huge value. Um, in the field, for example, we believe the technician uh, can use that quite efficiently. Um, think about, uh, you know, an engineer that come to uh, to to fix a problem uh, in the line or in the field or uh, wherever it is, and you know, we has uh, alert uh, number seven with that error message. You know, go search how to fix it. Never face that problem. Maybe call his uh, supervisor, call his colleague, try to search. Maybe have a you know small black book of uh, uh, previous errors, or use a free text to ask question and search across all the product documents and get the answer right away uh, within within seconds and. Tell me if that's not, you know, empowering on steroids with generative AI. Um, so, you know, the sky's the limit here. And I think uh, uh, we're going to see lots of different uh, applications and use cases coming soon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. That is kind of like super, super valuable. Even myself, like uh, being a system integrator, I cannot tell you like the times you spend hours just combing through documents, trying to find yeah. what is the register address, what are the power requirements for this and that. Sometimes you kind of like really, you don't have any documents at your disposal. And what makes it worse also in the industrial uh, landscape is that not a lot of information is available online. Like if you are a software IT person, you can pretty much Google anything about Python. There's millions of records with that. But in the industrial environment, there's limited knowledge online that you can find about how to configure a certain machine, how to do that. So having all of that information in a way that you can simply just ask on a chat interface is it's incredible. I'm, I'm really interested to see how that really pans out. So yeah. certainly be watching that. For sure. And, 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 you know, manufacturing is such a rich data environment um, that I think generative AI can really do amazing things here. Um, and, you know, it's a fascinating time to, 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 uh, to work in manufacturing, in my opinion. You know, there is really lots of technology adoption. A new generation of engineers that are much more into the building their own things and and you know citizen developer approach and in empower these people with great technology is really fascinating to see. Um, definitely, generative AI uh, is is something to shape the the future. 
you know, I think there was lots of discussion if it's a hype or not hype, etc. I don't know. I, I see it moving into the value period so quickly. Um, I, I, I can't think about the technology that is moving from hype to value so quick. Um, so, yeah. Really, really looking forward to to see uh, what what the next year will will bring. Oh yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to kind of like um, collecting data for 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 advanced analytics, so an ideal uh, case obviously is where every equipment is 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 uh, is able to expose this information using things like OPC UA or MQTT, which are modern uh, communication protocols but in my experience and uh, maybe in yours as well it's hardly the case right you've got a lot of uh, legacy equipment out there that really don't communicate using any form of modern communication protocol and you you wrote an article uh, about uh, bridging that gap using machine learning and connectivity to bridge that gap can you tell us more about how that works yeah so you know i think the, the basic idea here is that you can connect to any machine, even if it's old. Um, and, you know, the, the original idea was to take sensors, simple sensors, off-the-shelf sensors, vibration and current, and current mainly, um, which are easy to connect to almost any manufacturing equipment. And, you know, we started with a toy example which we connected the sensors into Tulip uh, with our edge device. And um, we actually used the coffee machine in the office in order to see if it's when it's working, when it's not, when is the power consumption, um, uh, when you make espresso and, and uh, etc. And it's, you know, there is a lot of engineering work that have been done to, to enable that, but the simplicity of the end solution was crazy. Like, um, you know, suddenly you can collect data from a device that is extremely unconnectable, right? Yeah, obviously the coffee machine in the office doesn't have an MQTT uh, connector or uh, OPC UA or, or any connector, yeah. right? Um, and that's true to legacy systems as well or legacy uh, machines as well. and. Um, we believe that with sensors coupled with data connection and then basic machine learning layer, you can then know the state of the machine in a very simple and easy way. And it was such a game changer in what we have seen that we decided to wrap that up as a machine kit. So we are now launching uh, what we call the machine kit, which is exactly this, you know, two simple sensors, which the Edge MC, which is our uh, edge device that is wireless uh, and a mechanism to connect to any legacy uh, uh, machine. So if you have a shop floor with many old systems and you don't want to, um, you know, invest in a big fancy IoT system to connect to all these uh, devices, there is a simple solution uh, coming up. Um, by the way, a side story, we have seen the same with computer vision. So uh, we had a legacy system uh, that has a screen. Um, I think it was Windows 95 based, and it was very hard and complex to integrate with, with that. 
Um, uh, so what we have done is that we used OCR, object cargo recognition, on top of the screen. Uh, the screen can actually connect it into Tulip as an IP camera, which you can, you know, take the HDMI cable or the video stream cable and connect that as a camera and then do OCR on top of that information to extract the data. Uh, we have seen the same with uh, PDF reports coming from very fancy and expensive uh, inspection devices um, that the cost of integrating this device into other system was $50,000 or using a simple Tulip app to extract the, all the information from the PDF. Yeah. So it's it's like $2,000 solution replacing $50,000 solution uh, that have the same, if not more, uh, capabilities, faster time to value, simpler to adopt, uh, et cetera. So, and, 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 you know, think about manufacturing, it's not changing that quick. We're going to have now and in the future lots of legacy systems um, and legacy machines and devices, and uh, bridging that gap is 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 important. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So earlier on, you mentioned um, something about being able to bring in. So I also watched a, a video where I think it was a, a demonstration of a kitting uh, a solution where you brought in. AWS uh, 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 models from AWS, um, OCR, and Azure, and then also lending AI. Can you talk to us about like kind of like the breadth of computer vision capabilities in the Tulip ecosystem and what sort of uh, 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 platforms or, or systems can be integrated into it? Yeah. So, you know, in a nutshell, every, every system or third party that exposes API, um, can be connected to Tulip or REST API. Um, and that's include in this case the, of computer vision, uh, Lookout for Vision, that is a great AWS uh, uh, platform, uh, Textract from AWS that has a very advanced document understanding, uh, query-based, um, uh, Azure Custom Vision that enable you to go and train models and then download them and you can deploy them to Edge to the edge with Tulip and run them on the CPU. Um, Lending AI, that is a tech vendors um, that will also present at Ops Calling next week uh, that has you know very sophisticated uh, computer vision models uh, that they're offering. And you can easily connect through API and send images from Tulip to these models uh, with cloud deployment. Uh, so you know there are many, many options there. Um, and again, it goes to the core of Tulip, which is UX UI, best application, customized application to your environment and use case, connect to cameras, store these uh, images into Tulip, send these images to uh, through APIs, get the result, present the result to the operator, uh, maybe store data in other systems. Um, um, if you need a data lake or if you want to uh, connect data into the ERP, or other other um, SQL databases, etc. Um, so you know that's the core of, of Tulip. That's augmenting the human that are using these systems, um, and I think that's uh, uh, really open up lots of use cases. You know, so I mentioned classification and object detection, uh, which are core as as custom models. But we also have color detection that is very useful. We have jig detection that is using 
um, uh, fiducial markers, these black and white markers that you can detect across the shop floor uh, very easily. Um, um, what else? Um, um, we have uh, people detection and hand detection that you can use for different uh, use cases. If you want to measure cycle time uh, with these technologies, uh, is a very common uh, use case. So the value of these capabilities, um, you mentioned uh, uh, verification for kitting and packaging or shipment uh, combined maybe with barcode scanner. Uh, barcode reading uh, with with uh, with uh, with an app. So you know because Tulip can be deployed in any system, you can actually deploy it also on the on the mobile phone and use a barcode scanner uh, in a visual way within the, within the Tulip app. Um, so there are lot, lots lots of things that you can do. Uh, and again, more tools for the process engineer to go and uh, practice citizen development and solve uh solve problems um it's it's one thing to detect problems which i think uh you know people can do but suddenly you have tulip as a tool to solve these problems as well uh which is uh what is shaping the the future of, of shop flows awesome yeah that's really really interesting i mean from the way i look at this like from our conversation today here, the summary of it really is kind of like this um, um, industry is currently faced with the two very powerful and, and disruptive uh, technologies that like bring unprecedented efficiency to, to, to manufacturing op operations, um, no-code apps and things like generative AI. So uh, I would like to get a sense of um, how do you see that the, the power of combining those to uh, kind of like technologies as it were. And also I'm interested to find out how is it, you know, manufacturing is a, is an environment that is traditionally known for being slow to, to adopt things, right? If it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? So how, yeah. what, what how, how have you been kind of like perceiving the reception of these disruptive technology in manufacturing? So I think this 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 mentality is 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 under change, uh, and the reason why it's under change is because there is new type of engineers that are uh, coming with do-it-yourself mentality and the citizen developers, and suddenly solving a solution with uh, solving a problem and introducing a new solution to production with platforms like Tulip and the idea of composability and the data systems is not that hard. Uh, it requires uh, nice engineering skills and nice tools, but you can solve solve things quite quick. Um, and I think that's all. That's that's the essence of Industry 4.0, which is you know a term that um, maybe doesn't mean a lot, but for me that's you know practicing lean with technology and or or in the way that we call it in Tulip augmented lean, which is how to practice lean with internet, with data, with applications, with smart technology. Uh, and it looks different. It's faster and it's uh, led by the engineers, uh, which, which is really nice to see. Now, new technologies accelerate that. Computer vision accelerate this. 
generative AI, I think, or the copilot or the frontline copilot is going to accelerate that. And we probably we're going to see lots of new technologies as well. I think MQTT is 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 you know a big uh, factor here that shaping that as well. Um, definitely in high um, um, high volume complex environment. Um, we're not building a, um, you know very repetitive uh, simple product anymore. Products are complex, uh, have many com uh, many many parts. Uh, the the environments are dynamic. Um, there are many factors that are influence manufacturing, such as uh, supply chain challenges, um, um, attrition, or uh, um, you know workers uh, attractive the best workers uh, and, and employees turnover. Um, and I think these factors. Um, are influencing the shop floor and try to uh, and 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 they are the driving force to adopt these new technologies and change the speed and the agility and how to adopt uh, new technologies and you know there is lots of money and investment that are going into into these technologies for a good reason they are improving the productivity, the efficiency, the throughput, the quality. These are the things that at the end of the day are important in manufacturing. And um I, you know, I I, I love that uh that trend. Awesome. Yeah, so to sort of conclude this um conversation, I would like to kind of like uh, get your, uh, your your prediction on what you see as being the future of of, of AI. In manufacturing, say in a few months or, or years, I mean, you've already mentioned that uh, technologies like uh, generative AI are moving so quick that now it's it's almost uh, pointless to kind of like predict what is going to happen in five years from now because it's it's hard to really see that far. Yeah. So maybe in a few months or couple of years, what do you see as being the role of AI in manufacturing? Well, I think as as any new technologies. Uh, there is a big opportunity and um, at some point we will see the real value uh, which we're already starting to see um, you know I'm always excited about ex I, I was always excited about AI uh, in the last 10 years and I think it was um, uh, really progressing in a way it's influenced uh, manufacturing from computer vision through time series and now speech and text and um, large language models that are so powerful uh, and influencing so many people already. Um, so I think we're going to, to see really fascinating things. What I don't think we will see is AI replacing people. Um, I think that AI is about augmenting people. And in general, technology and manufacturing is about augmenting people. Um, you know, we are talking about um, factories without people for 20 years, and I don't think it's happened. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it will happen in the near future. I think that people have big influence and room in manufacturing, from engineering to leaders to workers and operators. Um, 
And I think maybe what we will see is actually creating more opportunities, improving more efficiency. People are doing more important and complex tasks. Uh, I think that's what's important. Um, um, traceability and data is obviously a key here um, that will work alongside AI to uh, shape the future of, uh, of manufacturing. Um, and um, yeah, can't wait. Awesome. Totally agree with you there. So, Roy, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on this show today. It was an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you. And thank you so much for sharing your insights with the audience. So, again, for those uh, who are going to be um, interested in attending the operations calling, we're going to provide a link in the description below. So, please do check it out and register to see all the cool AI stuff next week. So thanks again, Rui. Thank you for uh, inviting me. It was a really fascinating discussion. Thank you.